Hello everyone and welcome to the Iron Forged Adventures. My name is Tom Napier. I am the dungeon master to this ragtag bag of the most impractical of friends and adventuring party known as the Iron Forged. So please gather your health potions, sharpen your swords and keep those ACs high as you follow us down the rabbit hole in the adventures of the Iron Forged. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me tonight on the eve of the Festival of Morning to hear the tale of Greystone. My name is Tuscanon. I run the bookshop in Darktoe. And I appreciate the time you've taken today to stay with me. Speaking of time, I believe that is where our story must begin. With time. The erosion of the soul. Time can level a mountain, drown a city, even kill a god. Time has no constraints. It is endless and ever-present. But just as a flower blooms, wilts and dies, so too does the fabric man's everlasting greed. You see, for centuries man worshipped the four primordial gods. Barut, the shell of the earth. Armonia, the tears of the sea. Faratun, the lungs of the sky. And Agni, the rage of the mountain. These four primordial gods span the length of time. They gave birth to the pantheon we have today. The four siblings produced children of their own. Darkness and light, the daughters of Armonia and Faratun. Darkness taking the mantle of the Raven Queen, otherwise known as the Goddess of Death. A task bestowed onto her whilst her sister was resting. Her wings would envelop the sky, casting darkness over the nation, allowing the children of Agni and Barut to walk under starlight. The reflection of the Raven Queen's mask, a beautiful porcelain white mask, a mask that man would later call Luna, a source of light to assist them in late night escapades and labor, and sometimes man would be considered fortunate to become her champion and help transport fallen souls to their resting place in the afterlife. But before man walked, children of the gods had lands to claim and biomes to build. The daughter of Barut gave life to all living things, from the trees that created the rainforest to the fish that swam in Armonia's waters. The deity born into this world from the acorn of the world tree, a tree that is believed to be the life force of the nation's creatures, the name given to her by the creatures of the world, was the Wild Mother, a deity of compassion and empathy for all living creatures, creating and embracing new life, but also passing the fallen souls to rest 
with the Raven Queen. But not all creatures are as loving or caring. Under a full lunar, where a rare anomaly occurs at her mask turn a blood-soaked red. A mutation occurred in the reproduction from the wild mother and her father, Agni, who loved and cared for each other, bore a red and black, a serpent of fire and death. The child brought death and ruin to the garden of the world. Fearing that this child could be the bringer of destruction to any creature that came into contact with him, Agni created nine realms of existence to banish him and seal him away, casting him out. The gods named him Asmodeus, the Fallen One. Locked away in his own realm, the material plane was able to flourish with life, finally giving birth to man. Man was created by the Wild Mother with her ascended children known as Asimar Demonos, angels of the highest orders, titles given to champions of the Wild Mother. Man's form took many shapes into the humanoid races we have today. For a while there was peace on the material plane, but peace was merely a luxury. War was always inevitable. Soon Agni's guilt and rage from sealing away his own son, causing him to lose his sanity and peace of mind. Furious with himself, he crafted two more children from his own eyes so he could unsee his self-deprecation. Born into this world was Kasuth, the Eternal, who taught the mortals fire's devastating potential, granting dragons and those of draconic ancestry the ability to breathe fire from their lungs, and later, mortals' manipulation of all elements. And his brother, Orcus, the interceptor of souls, enemy to his cousin, the Raven Queen, for stealing the fallen souls and raising them anew and dead under his patronage. Orcus, with his newfound abilities, managed to transport himself through the lies of the Nine Hells before eventually arriving in treachery, the final layer of Hell. Walking the poison rift to a temple formed of rotting flesh and ebony stone and iron, winding up interlocking, piercing each other, creating a towering structure. Finding there, bound to the throne with radiant chains, the Serpent King, bringer of destruction, Asmodeus, dying from a bond spiked through his hands by his mother. He was approached, his flesh rotting from his serpent body. Orcus offered a pledge that he would free him to his rightful place in the material plane and back to ascension. By bringing together the four relics of the primordial gods and the fruit of the garden, a champion could sacrifice his soul and body as a vessel to Asmodeus. The trident of Armonia, the staff of Faratun, the arrowhead of Barut, and the eternal flame of Agni. Restored will grant him his power. 
but Asmodeus had bigger plans. You see, an eternity locked away gave him time to think and plot. Asmodeus had been able to develop a link with mortals on the material plane, inducing all their nasty little desires and sins. Wrath, gluttony, sloth, envy, pride, greed, and lust. He was able to bewitch one of the Asimar Demonos, a young woman called Alina creating a new breed of humanoids called Tieflings, a devil race with hellish capabilities. However, a child was born different, a child of angel and devil and descended in bloodline, a Nephilim. Orcus became furious with Asmodeus, but Asmodeus had chosen a simple life, a family life. Orcus seeing the potential in this young Nephilim, stealing him away and returning him to the material plane, presenting him to the world as their ascended champion, then hiding him away till he was old enough to lead them to victory against the primordial gods. But the sins Asmodeus had woven to the very being of those weak enough to succumb to it had grown too strong. Greed and wrath grew questions as to why only one could be ascended, and answers to this question sought. The people of the nation woven into the tapestry of time and history forever, the nation of whom the gods had named, Exandria. The people grew restless and in fear and envy of the gods, impatient to wait for the arrival of their champion, took upon themselves to seek ascension the most notorious of which, a humanoid wizard, named in history as the Whispered One, Vecna, who had through sheer brutality and no compassion claimed close to a higher place of being, of becoming ascended. But alas, they were thwarted by a small group of heroes that sealed him away never to return again. However, even proving that love compassion, and comradeship would prevail. Man's greed didn't stop. They always wanted more. The four primordial gods witnessed man's greed grow, and for hundreds of years the mortals fought the gods, awaiting their champion to join the fray. And one day, he did. Varkom riding upon his crystalline dragon with his blade Doromuta, the Dream Eater. He charged into battle against the gods, but when faced with his grandfather Agni, he fell short. Unable to kill his grandfather, he dropped his blade and fell to his knees. Agni, picking up his grandson's blade, filled with disappointment, and remorse plunged into Vecna's chest, stripping him of his demonic soul, storing it into a vessel and sealing it away in what was the source of all man's greed, the fruit of Eden. Seeing their champion fall, the mortals surrendered, relinquishing their power and pledging themselves to their respective gods. Due to the war and conflict with the gods, the world was decided to be moulded anew Kingdoms buried deep beneath the earth as a means of erasing history from ever being resurfaced. New capitals and monarchs and kingdoms 
forged and a new name was given. Greystone. The only staple that remained is the legend and the myth of the existence of the world tree, where the first fruit was born and where the gods found their final resting place. The primordial gods rest, the relics lost, the champion destroyed. Such is the way of the world. But now we can sleep peacefully knowing that we will never experience the same misfortune again. And that concludes the story of our great nation of Greystone. I thank you again for spending this time with me. I have been Tuscanol. Good night.